Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Today is the last week of our sermon series on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Last week we saw the beginning of His work in our lives. He gives us new birth, new life spiritually. Before that, we discovered He helps, empowers, and equips us to live faithfully to Jesus. Today we learn the Holy Spirit's role in our perseverance to receive all God's promises. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. Paul writes, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance, toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. We understand the idea of a seal. Although this use is a little different than we generally use it today, for them it was a wax stamp put on a letter that meant that this was from the king. It really hadn't been opened or altered. It was legit from him. It could also be a coin they would carry. It would uh, bear the king's mark, and when people saw it, they knew the carrier uh, had the king's authority. The person who had it represented the king. They belonged to him. Now, for us today, I think we think more like a pickle jar. When you open it, it pops. That's your sign that these pickles are good. There's also a seal or a label that tells you the company who prepared them. It says, these are our pickles. They belong to us, our brand, our product. We take credit for them. On the side of the jar, it says, deal pickles. It marks what they are. Now, that's important because bread and butter pickles are gross. And those aren't pickles. Those are just mean tricks, practical jokes that people try to play at dinners when they lay them out. And it feels kind of rude to pick one up and smell it or test it to find out what it is. And you want a pickle, but I just can't take one because they're not marked. I don't know what kind they are, so I just have to pass and go without. As long as they have that seal, they are marked as good pickles. You know what they are. No one's already opened them. No one's taken one out, and they haven't gone rotten. The seal marks them as good, tells who they belong to. Paul says the same thing later in the letter. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 through 32, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from all from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Notice that he doesn't say, do not lose the Holy Spirit or leave the Holy Spirit, because that's not something that can happen. You can't be good enough to gain him. You're not going to be bad enough to lose him. It says, do not grieve him by living in sin. He is in you working to ensure that you persevere and make it to the end, and and he will not fail. This passage describes the Holy Spirit with which you were marked as a seal for the day of redemption. The idea is that your seal will hold like the pickles. It will hold tight until the day that Jesus returns to finish everything, to judge, and to make it all right and set up his kingdom forever here on earth. The seal marks you is belonging to him on that day. Isn't it great to know that my judgment doesn't depend on me? If it did, I would be in big trouble because my record has some bad marks on it. Instead, when the day of redemption comes, God looks at me and he doesn't see my actions. 
He doesn't see my sins and my failings. Instead, he looks and he sees me covered by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He sees the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. There's another place that God describes the Holy Spirit as the seal that we belong to him. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21-22. through 22. But it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, who has put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a down payment. He uses that term seal again, but he also adds the idea of a down payment. He has given us the spirit as down payment or the first installment of all that he's going to give us in the end. When you pay a down payment on something, you are giving the seller some assurance that you're good for the rest of the payment. They can trust you that you have full the full amount of money when the time comes. God sends the Holy Spirit to assure us of all his promises. You can trust him. Every single thing he has promised to you in his word will be done and more. When I recognize the Holy Spirit in myself and see his work, it reminds me first that I will make it to the end. No matter how hard it gets or how much I fall, I will get there because he will get me there. Second, it reminds me of all the glory and goodness and peace and joy that will be mine in Jesus when he returns. That matters. Those are things that we need to keep in mind every day. Look forward to the future that Jesus has for you because it fuels our faithfulness today. When you forget that Jesus is coming back for you, today's issues seem so big before our eyes. Your troubles look like mountains and your temptations like diamonds. But when the Spirit reminds you that Jesus is coming with the rest of your inheritance, compared to what Jesus has in store for you, those worldly things are simply specks of dust. Our purpose statement as a church is to love God, love others, and to share the hope of God's word by serving, caring, and giving. Right now, I want to focus on third, the third priority, to share the hope of God's word. The presence of the Holy Spirit provides us with hope. The Holy Spirit is your guarantee. Your certain hope that you will make it to the end. You will lose some battles, but you will win the war. You will stumble at times and take wrong turns, but you will make it. You will succeed because the Holy Spirit of God will help you, renew you, teach you, empower you, and equip you. God has put in you as a seal, a pledge. That seal is a mark that you belong to him. It's a pledge. You will receive the inheritance of a son or daughter in God. It is also there to work in you to assure you do persevere till the end. You will receive the complete redemption as God's child. When I go back and read our passage again, I'm struck by the ending of it. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of your inheritance toward redemption of God, as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. It answers a really good question that we should always ask when reading God's word. What should I do in view of what this says? How do I respond to what God is and what he has done? That makes sure that we're not just knowers of the word or hearers of the word, but doers of the word. In this case, he gives one answer. The very last phrase declares all this to the praise of his glory. I hope that the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, his life-giving, his teaching, his empowering and equipping will cause you to praise his glory. 
Glory is another word for greatness. We are praising, declaring with both word and action his greatness. When I experience the Holy Spirit as the seal of my salvation, when I gain the hope that he is seeing me through till the day of redemption and see the results of his work in my life and have peace in knowing that he will never abandon me, in response, I will praise his glory. So how can we praise his glory? Gather with God's people in worship. Church attendance matters. You can praise his glory on your own, but you cannot do it like you can here. He commands us to meet together, and we have example of early believers in the early church, and Jesus as well regularly gathering with other believers as the designated place of worship. I know that technology has made it easy and convenient, and that's great. I love it and praise God that, that people are able to watch online and interact with us online. It's still best for you to gather with us when you can. Our gathering and singing, prayers, hearing his word, offering, offerings, giving offering and, and the celebration of communion, all praise his greatness. Your presence is encouraging to others. Remember that. Your presence here matters. God has made, he's brought you here for a reason. And it isn't just to consume or spectate or to participate to praise his glory together with us. He has a purpose for you here, and we celebrate that. So how about this? Sing. I don't sing well, but I sing. The goal of our music ministry is to be, one, Jesus-focused, but, but number two, it's to encourage people to participate, to praise his glory. So participate in our musical praise for his glory. We also praise his glory through obedience to Jesus. He sums up the law in two commands, love God and love others. Everything else the Bible teaches commands, it explains how to do these two. Obey him. Every day at the beginning and then again at the end, evaluate yourself. How am I doing at putting God first in my life, loving him most and making him my first priority? Focus on him the most. And how am I doing at loving other people? Ask God for the Holy Spirit to grow your love, to empower and teach you to love more fully. Look for opportunities to love people. And I just don't mean events like the gathering or serving in junior church or nursery or Fort Logan Cooperative Ministries. I'm talking about everyday opportunities to serve, care, and give to your coworkers, classmates, friends, neighbors, and strangers. Also support his work. I don't just mean the money, although giving is a valid way to praise his glory. Give your time, effort, and money to his work. Pray and watch and see where he is working and support those efforts. Get on board and be supportive. Make this church the best it can be. We should put our best forward. Take care of the church like you do your home. Work in the ministries like you do your career. Be passionate about the work like you would your favorite hobbies. In view of who he is and what he's doing in you, the seal of the Holy Spirit in your life, praise his glory. Notice the Holy Spirit is our guarantee, our seal to assure us that we are in him and we persevere till the end. But he is not our savior. Our faith is not placed in him. Our foundation is Jesus. Our faith is in him. He is the savior. The Spirit indwells and seals us after we believe. 
Now, that doesn't mean he's not working in us before then to prepare us and convict us and point us to Jesus. He is. But the indwelling, life-giving, empowering, equipping as a seal marking us for the day of redemption does not happen until we believe in Jesus and belong to him. I make this point to remind us that Jesus said the Holy Spirit comes to us to glorify him. He's pointing us to Jesus. He's reminding us of what he has said. He's always pointing to Jesus and helping people know and follow him. If you're not able to praise today, in view of this, because you do not have the Holy Spirit, do not seek the Spirit until you have sought Jesus and received the gospel. Our passage says that it is when you have heard the word of truth and believed in him that you are marked with the seal. If you've not received Jesus and do not have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and working in you, there is no better time than now. Believe in Jesus. Turn from your sins and turn to the way of Jesus. Call out to him to save you and then come forward and be baptized and show the world the new birth that the Holy Spirit has given you. You can't clean up your life without him. You can't ever be good enough to earn a place with him. So believe in Jesus, receive his promise, and then enjoy the blessings of the Spirit in your life. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. We would love for you to go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com, where you can learn more about us. You can also click on the Contact Us tab and just let us know you're listening and uh, how we can pray for you and how we can serve you and become a community for you, even if you're not able to be with us here in person. If you are able to be with us, come and join us at 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning for our worship gathering. Right before that at 9.45 is our Sunday school time. Also, on April the 7th, that is Good Friday, the Friday before Easter, we will be having Good Friday service. uh, April the 7th, that's Friday evening at 6.30 p.m., so come and join us for that time. Also, tonight is the gathering, so come and get a hot meal at Stanford Christian Church. You can either pull up on the street on the main street in front of the church and we'll come out, find out how many you need and bring them to us, bring them out to you, or you can come in and eat with us. Uh, Once again, that's at five o'clock tonight at Stanford Christian Church. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.